Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, where every single day, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, it is a big deal to us, and we are going to talk about it. My name is Jay Kyle Mann, and I am a video producer at The Ringer, and I am joined every single time, every day, by Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Yeah, rearing to go, clearly. Uh, Kyle Tucker has said he zoned out for a minute, which I think I, he's, I zoned he's out apt again. to do. <laughs> you clearly did. While you were reading the intro, they're in the final like 40 or 60 seconds of this Packers game, and my uh, fantasy football game depends on whether Aaron Rodgers throws a touchdown pass to win the game. <laughs> Your brain needs some packing. You, you, yeah. If I shout or I wince uh, audibly here in the next minute or two, you'll know how, how my fantasy game ended. That's how much attention he's giving you guys, your yes. uh, loving audience that's supportive. That's how he reciprocates your your attention. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm sure people are doing all all number of things, listening to pods. Uh, I was, uh, yeah, just just reading Twitter, reading uh, LeBron siding with the communists, and uh, <laughs> ate a little so ridiculous. I ate a little pizza, was watching Breaking Bad with the wife. You and I were talking about El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie. You said you kind of liked it, right? Yeah, it was like good, not great. But like I I, I don't think I'm alone in this. I think there's a reason they made a whole movie about Jesse Pinkman. Like I, He was a, a very, very cool TV character. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, Heisenberg was the, um, the show on – Breaking Bad, but Jesse Pinkman became a pretty beloved figure, and so I, it was. I thought it was fun to like catch up with him, and it, like as much as anything, I don't know if it was a good or even like a great movie or even a good movie, but I, I think it was like a nostalgia thing for me, and probably for a lot of people, just to get a little get a little fix of Breaking Bad, and it probably did for you. You said you're rewatching Breaking Bad with your wife, like it's probably done that for a bunch of people. Just made them like, I want the real thing. I'll go back and rewatch some Breaking sure. Bad. Sure, sure. Yeah. But uh, as you know, I am a snob. So uh, any kind of like prequel thing that does like nods to the camera and is like, let's get the gang back together. I just uh, no, I'm not really. <laughs> I, have, I have like pretty high like <laughs> uh, values on these types of things. Oh, yeah. I, I, think you can, I think you can sully. You can sully the the the, the 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 past of a good thing by doing too much. You know, I think there's you stop and you leave things alone. Like I didn't need to see, not to spoil it, but you see Walt at some point in this movie, and I was just like, I didn't. I knew that when he came on screen, I told Megan, I I just said aloud, I was like, I knew they couldn't resist. I just knew they couldn't resist, and that stuff. I don't know why it gets under my skin, but it does. Uh, but it's still worth a watch. It, it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting watch. It was it was imperfect, but. Uh, Anyway, it's interesting too that the Robert Forster guy who's in the movie, he died like the night that it was released. I, I was telling I told my wife that we watched it like like the day after and and he comes on screen. I'm like, that dude just died today. And she's like, What? Like in real life? And I said, Yeah. Um, I had a weirder thing. One of the editors at the ringer tweeted out uh, a picture of Robert Forster and it said some, he it was something cryptic. Some kind of uh, like praising him because they're all like big Jackie Brown fans, the movie he's famous for. And uh, I just tweeted out that I like was happy to see him on screen. And then I looked on the the moments button on Twitter and it said that he had died and it just like blew my mind. I was like, oh, my God, like of all the <laughs> just really, really wild. So anyway, today, um, enough about his death. Uh, let's talk about sports. No, um, 
So today uh, we're going to talk about, uh, sorry if that came off disrespectful, (laughs) I feel bad now. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about basketball and uh, we're going to talk about an article that Kyle put out. Um, There's a little bit of recruiting news and a little bit about cats in the NBA. So um, here in this first, probably one and a half segments, Kyle, tell people about the article that you put out today. Yeah, so it's the one I worked on for a long time, off and on. Not, I mean, when I say like I worked on this for months, it wasn't like like eight hours a day for like three months. It was just off and on and in fits and starts. Um, but um, yeah, I wanted to. I've always wanted to write for a while now. I've wanted to write a story about um, what does Kenny Payne mean to Kentucky football. Um, Kentucky football, Kentucky basketball. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. probably not a ton, but yeah, maybe Kentucky, something. Kentucky basketball. Um, because if you're, if you've been around the program at all and, and I'm, you know, in my ninth year covering the team, you start to hear players and parents and just everybody you kind of come in contact with talk about Kenny and, uh, you know, you, you know, that these NBA guys are coming back in the off seasons to work out with Kenny. Um, you know, and I had heard people say, you know, Bam Adebayo say Kenny's workouts are harder than anything I've done in the NBA. Um, and that's that stuck out to me, obviously. And um, he's he's Cal's right hand man, and uh, they pay him nine hundred thousand dollars a year, like more than I think any assistant coach in college basketball. So that all raises the question: like, what is the big deal about Kenny Payne? Uh, and I think also people wonder in this part of the question of the story: like, why has he not gotten a head coaching job yet? I mean, when you think about, and you say, well, he doesn't have any experience. Well, if if Penny Hardaway. <laughs> who has literally no college experience, not even as an assistant coach in college, can get his own high major program. And Jawan Howard, who, again, zero uh, college coaching experience. Uh, can, assistant in the NBA uh, for quite a bit, though. Uh, like six years, yeah. But yeah, zero co- college experience. So uh, if that dude can get a job as a head coach at Michigan – I think it sort of knocks down the idea that Kenny Payne doesn't have experience as a head coach. And that's why like that, that hasn't mattered for some pretty high profile dudes. Um, And they both got jobs at their alma maters and Kenny Payne really wanted a job at his alma mater, Louisville, where he wanted a national title. And they basically told him to take a hike. (laughs) They had no, I don't think they gave him any real, they talked to him, but I don't think there was any, any serious consideration of Kenny Payne. And so, and he's, you know, he's in a position here where he doesn't have to take some low level job and he's not going to, um, he wants to run a major program. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to kind of tackle all that and it's a, it's a lot. So, um, you know, I went out to Vegas, we were having a, a work, uh, consortium out in Vegas uh, around the summer league, but I went out for a couple extra days, um, and spent like a couple of basically nine hour days just trying to chase down guys at the summer league. Cause some were playing and some were not like Carl Anthony towns. And that's the lead of the story. He, he had a PR person trying to not let him talk to anyone and was just totally shutting me down. And so I just kind of chased behind Carl and said like, at one point just shouted out like, Carl, I'm writing a story about Kenny Payne. And he spun around and said, okay, let's talk. Uh, he loves Kenny. And they, I got that kind of from everybody. And, and over time, I was able to get Anthony Davis, Carl Towns, two number one picks, um, Willie Cauley-Stein, Devin Booker. Uh, Kenny was very gracious with his time, and he actually kind of let me 
behind the curtain, which nobody I don't think has ever done. I went, I wanted to know about these legendary workouts and he let me watch him work out um, PJ Washington um, and just try to tell a story about why, what does he mean to Kentucky basketball? What will happen when he's gone and, and why isn't he already gone? And it's a long story. I think it's the longest story I've ever written. And, uh, and you even edited that down. Yeah. Right? It was you like, were, it was at even- one point it was like 6,500 words, uh, which is just, I don't know if that means anything to uh, people who don't deal in word counts, you know, but it's basically it's, two long stories. That's two, what that is. <laughs> yeah, two really long stories. Yeah. Um, it, for context, I guess, like when I worked at the newspaper, like a thousand words was a pretty like substantial story, you know, and like two, yeah. 2000 was like blockbuster. This is this, we're giving a lot of ink to this. So almost four of my videos is what that is. <laughs> yeah, it's long. I mean, it is long. I don't know what the how long it took people to read the story if they got all the way through it, but it's it's long. Most people probably fell asleep. I bet because yeah. your writing style is is boring. Know, so boring. Yeah, it's very but boring. No, <laughs> I think it ended up around forty five hundred or five thousand words. It was still really long when it was edited down. Would but. you would you say just from your from your vibe and what you've observed at the program? Would you say that Kenny is sort of the good cop kind of thing like yeah. in terms of like the guys he seems to have the player like the the player love on the relationship level yeah and it's weird because like and i write this in the story like he he actually has the rare ability to be both you know good and bad cop because like when he's in the gym and these workouts if you read you know i've got a anecdote from willie Cauley stein in there um where early in his career kenny basically decided to break willie and he got him to the point where Willie was vomiting all over the place. <laughs> and and Kenny's just standing over him, smiling. Uh, and I thought the way Willie, of course, Willie has sort of a, a philosophical way of, of talking about it. But the way he put it was like the love in the in how Kenny tried to break me was really different. Like he that there was a love in it. Um Anthony Davis, one of my favorite, like little just small nuggets of the story was uh, um, Ken, finding out that Anthony Davis is saved in Kenny Payne's phone as baby giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to talk to Anthony and he said, I was like a baby giraffe when I got to Kentucky. And I think this quote got trimmed out, but he said he was like so weak when he got to Kentucky that he wanted to work out alone with the strength coach because he was embarrassed. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And that Kenny just went to work on him and got him, you know, to get a strong wide base, taught him that jump hook, um, you know, kind of perfected it with him, beat him up in the lane with the padded, you know, hitting him with the pads and stuff. And they just worked it. He said every single day. And that was his go, has become, you know, one of his go-to things. Um, and he said, you know, Kenny Payne is the reason, uh, that I am able to play in the post in the NBA. Um, and that's a pretty big endorsement. And both, uh, I think Carl, both Carl and Anthony called Kenny like one of the best workout guys in the world or development guys yeah. in the world. So that's a pretty ringing endorsement. So in those work, those workouts, I think he's bad cop. Well, um, well let's uh, hold on. Let's uh, let's there's, there's a lot more to unpack here. Unpack here. Let's, let's take a break and, and continue this. Cause this, there's a lot more to touch on. We'll be right back. So yeah, in these workouts, you're talking about how they're, they're, the brutality is is in terms of the intensity of these workouts. I would say the average person probably can't 
unless you've been in like the military or yeah. you've done like like police training or something like that the the level of intensity here is is pretty high and there's a particular piece of equipment that's involved <laughs> yeah in these workouts yeah tell talk, people about that talk about nicknames that kind of comes up a lot in the story uh the nickname from the players for for pain is uncle kenny uh kenny calls uh anthony davis baby giraffe and kenny nicknamed his uh massive treadmill it's just it i I haven't seen treadmills like this. It's like it's like a made for giant athletes. It's it's just really super sturdy and like heavy duty um, treadmill that's in the corner of the practice gym. And so I show up there late one night. He he texts me and he's like, "Hey, I had said let me know if you're going to work out because I'd love to come see one." Uh, and he just like one one night at like eight p.m. He's like, "At nine o'clock, meet me at the gym. PJ's in town. I'm going to work him out." And I was like, "Oh crap! All right." So I rushed over. And PJ wasn't there when I got there and he's telling me about this treadmill that he has nicknamed big Henry. Um, and I was like, well, can I like try it out? I had on sneakers and he's like, are you sure? He just kept trying to talk me out of it. Um, and so I get on and he's like, it's, it's two minute jog, one minute sprint, two minute jog, one minute sprint. I was like, Oh, that's not so bad. But his the jog is eight miles an hour, which is oh like really fast. If you don't, <laughs> if you're not a regular like treadmill runner, eight miles an hour is not a jog. Um, I think for most people that would be their run really hard. And his sprint is eleven miles an hour. So you jog, jog, quote unquote, eight miles an hour for two minutes, and then sprint eleven miles an hour for a minute, and then just keep going. There's no walk. There's no break. And I'm like. I did it for like five minutes and I was just trying to prove to Kenny that I was not like a total loser. And I, I mean, yeah. and, and I was going to, I thought I was going to die. And I was like, so how long do you do this? And he said, 45 minutes. And then we start the basketball workout. Unbelievable. <laughs> Which is like, Dude, I'm really amazed you didn't get hurt. I really, I mean, am. yeah, like, well, he told me cause I said, I felt like I was going to fly off the back and he goes, well, a couple of years ago, James Young came back here and we're trying to get himself in shape. He lasted like 15 minutes and his eyes rolled back in his head and it shot him like 10 feet off the back of the, of the, uh, um, treadmill and yeah uh, that, Inter interesting meta, uh, symbolism there yeah but, uh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I, yeah i'm not uh, i am surprised that that didn't happen to me but yeah so and, and that's been like in the reaction to the story i think has been one of the fun things uh for one i mentioned i mentioned big henry the treadmill to uh, anthony davis and he was like oh my god yes it was horrible i think he called i can't remember what he called it sadistic or something um but he, you know, and then um, Kenny told me that like a few weeks ago or, you know, at the time when I was interviewing him in July, he said, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, Julius Randall's mom called me and said that Julius called today and said, I finally finished KP's treadmill workout. Like, because apparently nobody ever really finishes it, you know, that 45 minutes oh. is the goal, but like people just get wiped out by it. Uh, and I guess yeah. five years into his NBA career, Julius Randle finally was able to get through the whole thing. Um, oh, yeah. Anthony Davis called it gruesome, Big Henry. Yeah. Um, so it's like Ninja Warrior, basically. Yeah. It's just like nobody can hit the end of and it. So, That's amazing. And so man. now all these uh, former players are starting to discover the story, I guess, on Twitter and, and tweet about it. Uh, um, Dakari Johnson tweeted that I he said, I used to have nightmares about Big Henry. 
Oh my God! I can't imagine Dakari at his biggest. <laughs> I mean, on that seriously, thing. and that, I think he, I think he was one of the guys that Kenny mentioned. Like, if you come in there big, like hefty, you're going to get sent there a lot. Alex Poitras said, "I used to have to go see, I used to have to go see Big Henry every day." Um, that's incredible. Uh, so that's been like that has been a fun thing to watch, like players and and uh, saw Brad Calipari notice the, the story and mention it, like how important Kenny is, and so. Like I said, bad cop in those workouts, but I, I thought the interesting thing from from John Calipari uh, was he he said uh, he's a good listener. Um, I'm trying to find this quote in the story. John Calipari uh, on fire lately. Yeah, uh, in his interviews with you, that's all we can say about that. But, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've had a, had a couple of funny off the record uh, conversations with Cal lately, but. Uh, he said, he's a great listener. It's hard when you're, this is, a, I thought, a really interesting point. Uh, he said, it's hard when you're the head coach for players to walk in your office and sit down and BS. They seem intimidated. They shouldn't be, but that's one of the issues I've had at times. They see me bigger than I am, and sometimes they need an ear. And the guy they know cares, that they know is there for them, that'll tell them the truth is Kenny Payne. He's been vital for these players. So, I mean, you know, that's just one. I mean, the story is just filled with, like, these utterly ringing endorsements from guys in the NBA yeah. from guys who've, who've, you know, worked with and been, uh, been with Kenny Payne and hired Kenny Payne and, you know, PJ Washington's dad, um, had so many good things to say about him. The crazy thing about this story is I interviewed, like, I think about half of Kentucky's guys in the NBA, um, like well over double digits. Uh, and, I think I only quoted like four or five of them in the story. I mean, you, cause you can just only mm-hmm. say so many times, like I love this guy. Um, but they all do. So, um, hope people will check it out. It's, uh, I think, in, you know, and we don't, the other thing I would mention is, is we don't skirt around the sort of elephant in the room. There's a, there's right. a quote, you know, obviously Kenny was in those Nike texts and, uh, nothing incriminated in them, but a lot of people have sort of turned a side eye. And, I, you know, you hear people, the, the critics of Kenny Payne and of Cal Perry and of Kentucky will say, oh, Kenny Payne must be the bag man, right? Because he's the he's the guy who's the Cal's right-hand man. He's gotten a bunch of high-level recruits. He's the guy that all these players love. Um, but Kenny Kenny didn't, didn't mince words either. He said, I have never cheated to get a player. I thought that was interesting. Uh, and I talked to PJ's dad about that idea, and I'll just – I'll leave that for people to read, but PJ's dad also had a pretty strong reaction to anyone saying that uh, Kenny Payne might uh, cheat to get someone in recruiting. Right. Kenny has sort of a, a just a social warmth about him, you know, like I, I, it just, it comes through whenever he sits in for Cal and the press conferences. I feel like anybody that pays attention to that, it's, it's clear that Kenny just is uh, not that cat. He just doesn't have that marketing yeah itch that cal has so you just get this i could see where he'd be easy to talk the to uncle kenny like, thing uh, works just, like he, he is like a he's like your uncle that's just like wants everything to be good for you like you know he's the guy who is like doesn't know a stranger i guess that's sort of the cliche that if you watch him sort of walk into a room full of people for one he probably knows half the people there and if he doesn't he'll walk right up to the person he doesn't and uh start strike up a conversation i think he's just got a really easy way about him and, and, and he mm-hmm. comes through, like, he comes, it comes, it comes through it, when he yeah. talks to that, you know, he really genuinely cares a lot about these guys because I mean, it, this was like when, when I went and watched him work out PJ, you know, PJ's doesn't play for Kentucky anymore. He's in, in the NBA now. 
he's got his own people, you know, professional people to work him out. But PJ wanted um, to get back in the gym and work with Kenny. And, you know, it's nine o'clock at night with not a whole lot of notice. And there, you know, Kenny shows up and spends an hour, hour and a half with him. Um, and I think that's, yeah. that part of it is really genuine that he cares about those dudes and they know it. And that's why they let him push them so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody go and go and read that. And, um, it's, it's, it's a fantastic look at, uh, one of the just sort of, um, one of the main marketable things as much as Cal does his sort of rhetoric and stuff like this, this is a, you know, a demonstrated part of Kentucky's success on the player level that, that people seem to uh, be attracted to. And, and it seems to uh, just, it's, it's a, it's a good thing. So uh, let's, uh, let's do one more break and then we'll talk about uh, some more basketball. So today was interesting. Um, you know, obviously we talked about Cade Cunningham uh, that news that kind of just swelled up and, and took the, the <laughs> made turn the whole fan base into a big blue froth at the mouth. Um, but uh, some of the speculation that I saw, it's, it's always amazing the people out there that like, uh, people were saying some wild stuff, like, like recruiting tidbits that I kind of felt like I knew. I mean, it's hard to say what, who who knows who and stuff like that. But I saw some people saying they they were like mark it down. Scotty Barnes is following Kate Cunningham, and the, you know, just a, a few hours later, uh, Scotty Barnes commits yeah. to Florida State. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Uh, that is uh, that was never going to happen. I don't think I, I never got the sense that Kentucky staff uh, thought they were going to get Scotty. I mean, they never stopped trying. Calipari kept going to check him out, but. Um, I don't think at any point Kentucky was in a really good spot with him. Um, interesting that he's going to Florida State. Um, a lot of other places he could have gone. I mean, he could have gone anywhere he wanted. Um, yeah, well, played high school basketball in, in uh, yeah. yeah Shadow Mountain, yeah. and then what it's called, and then his um, high school's called. Yeah, I, but Ryan I, Carey. you know, I think I'm like you. I'm a little bit skeptical of his game. I mean, I think he has like all kinds of potential, but I'm not sold um, on him. And I came to like. Um, his teammate, Isaiah Todd, his AAU teammate, Isaiah Todd, a lot better, who also I think Kentucky's pretty much out of the running on. He, well, is out of the running on. They've backed away from that recruitment. I think he's down to what, Michigan and somebody else. Yeah. Kansas. What'd you think about the thing where he said, uh, somebody asked him why he didn't, didn't come visit him. and he yeah. said, Kentucky yeah, I mean, wouldn't like, let him. You know, yeah. you think I think that? they, they don't, well, I mean, I, I know exactly what to think about it. When Cal Perry kept saying this whole thing this summer about he didn't want to be a hat on a table, uh, they declined to be a hat on the table for Isaiah Todd because, uh, I don't think they believed he's one serious about them, but especially that he's even serious about playing college basketball. Um, I think there's a very real uh, concern that he ends up overseas. And we, we mentioned that a little bit, but, you know, I think Cal is in not messing around mode and he doesn't want to get jerked around. He doesn't want to spend time and effort. And he, he made that kind of rant in the round table with some of the reporters this summer. It was like, I don't want to spend my mm-hmm. time and money going to see people that I'm not getting. Um, and he is spending his time and money going to see people that, uh, he thinks he can get, uh, and, and those are some pretty good people. So he's just like everything about Cal Perry's approach to this recruiting class is really like no screwing around. Um, seems like he's kind of on the war path to reestablish himself. 
as that guy in recruiting. And, um, Mm -hmm. well, another thing I was saying to you too, is that he's sort of the, uh, the last dude standing a little bit and all of this. He, I mean, he hasn't been, he's been of the blue blood big time coaches. He's been the least connected to all. Yeah. I mean, the entire, a sort of a hilarious. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, for all the people (laughs) that uh, Cal's dirty, like, I mean, the FBI had like a two year undercover sting, uh, and, and got nothing on them and, and, you know, and got one vague conversation with, <laughs> well, with that's not even from that. Payne that's from, and, that's from, uh, the, from the, the, the Michael Avenatti stuff. That wasn't even from the FBI. Uh, and the whole thing is Kenny Payne right. saying like, watch your back. So, I mean, there's yeah. all publicly available information. Kentucky has zero to worry about from the NCAA. You know, Kansas is in big trouble. Uh, Louisville's been hit, obviously. Arizona and Sean Miller and those, you know, Auburn, um, a bunch of schools, and then you know Duke. I, I don't know is Duke out of the woods? Zion, I mean Zion Williamson. Like it's been Duke. Shocker, shocker here. Duke. Duke yeah. found no evidence right. that Zion. Right. But you yeah. know, it's, how many times <laughs> yeah. are we going to have to hear that? Like people were shopping Zion Williamson. Um, so you yeah. know, Indiana with Romeo Langford. A lot of programs, and and yeah, Cal's a guy who has not really had this touch him, and it, it's interesting to uh, draw your own conclusions, I guess. But uh, when Kentucky, quote unquote, sort of fell back in recruiting, is during this time period that's been investigated <laughs> and has turned up so many um, sort of bad actors. Um, and, and now as all those mm-hmm. programs maybe have to lay low, uh, and their recruiting is not at the same level, Kentucky's is now surging forward again. I think that's interesting. Uh, it is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, in a, in a positive for Kentucky on that level too, is just that we were talking a little bit about, uh, the performance, uh, player development, you know, is a big part of, of what, uh, players, player development's bigger and more, you know, it's, it's more a part of the basketball culture than ever, like training, um, you know, kids are training with, with, yeah. uh, with trainers at an earlier age. Um, and Kentucky is getting a good reputation for that. And one of the big, a, a couple of the big examples of player development, uh, are, you know, we talked a lot about Shea, but man, Tyler On Hero fire. has just been yeah, murdering I mean, people. He had twenty three tonight, nine for fourteen, five for seven. He also from three point land. He also 71%. scored the Heat's first fourteen points. He made his first six shots and his first four threes of the game. I mean, he was like ridiculous to start that game. Uh, and a lot of those were dribble shots too. Like he was creating his shot. Uh, he also was in an interesting situation with, I never would have thought this and I'm embarrassed that I was just kind of off on this at the time. I admit I wasn't paying as much attention as I do now, but not that I would get it right now, but, uh, Bam, the ball up, Bam's yeah. like bringing the ball up and running, running these dribble drag screens with Tyler Hero. <laughs> it's like, it's just amazing what, uh, what, what they saw in him correctly or, or that he got down there and they realized that he could do some of that stuff. But Bam, a lot more versatile player than I feel like. Yeah. And he had, a, he had a, I mean, for. he's, I think yeah. maybe on the cusp of breaking through too. I um, mean, he's a guy they've liked all along, but I think he had like 15 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, and three blocks in like 23 minutes or something like that tonight. Um, 
he and Hero are, are they're going to be really yeah, fun. 50, yeah. You know, if if Kentucky fans are looking for an NBA team to adopt, uh, that could be a fun one, kind of up and coming uh, group. And they got Jimmy Butler, so anything could go could happen there. It could be fun, or it could be just a total meltdown. I was going to say, literally, you're right. Yeah, I mean, he could he could kill Tyler Hero with a machete in the locker room, and it wouldn't like surprise anybody. Weirdly, I weirdly I feel he's going to like Tyler Hero. There's like no doubt about it. Like I knew, I feel like anybody that was paying attention to Kentucky's, which you know, all Kentucky fans do this, they pay close attention to the the players, but Carl Towns specifically. When the Bulls traded Jimmy Butler to the Wolves, I mean, there was just no chance that was going to work. And to me, that spoke to just how incompetent the, the Timberwolves front office was, that they didn't know that that a guy like Carl was not going to mesh with a guy like uh, with Jimmy Butler. But I, Tyler's like the opposite. Like you could just you could see where Jimmy Butler would love Tyler's. Uh, I always joke, um, just. Tyler was born with yeah. with an insane self belief. Like uh, you know, I always I always think about that that picture of him from Vandy pulling up on the on the break for a, for a three from the top of the key, wide open. Uh, that's Tyler. Yeah, not like so, I mean, uh, big big Carl Towns guy. He was awesome to deal with. Always is awesome to deal with. But he's like, yeah, I think there was a lot of people in the NBA that would would refer to Carl as like a cornball, you know, kind of guy. You know, and, and yeah. he's got sort of a way about him that not everybody is going to love. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. It's just he's got like he's got a personality that some other personality types aren't going to mesh with. But, yeah, like Jimmy Butler and all that attitude, like like if he started giving it to Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero would give it right back. And and I, I think he started giving it to Carl yeah, Towns. Sure. And Carl Towns just kind of curled up and uh, wanted, wanted him to wanted for him sure to leave, he did. please yeah. leave me alone. So. Anyway, I don't know how we got on Jimmy Butler, but uh, that's uh, that's all the time we got for today. People, go and read that article that Kyle wrote because uh, it is fantastic, just like everything else. And uh, subscribe to The Athletic. You're going to want to do that. It's really affordable and worth it. Uh, subscribe to The Ringer's YouTube channel. Follow me on Twitter at Man. Follow Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. Give us a review, and uh, we will see you next time. Manana. See you later. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.